Thank you for tuning into Making It in the South Sound, the Chamber's podcast series, bringing you stories and information about and for the South Sound business community. This podcast series is made possible through the generous support of Amazon. Hello, I'm Andrea Ray, President and CEO of your Tacoma Pierce County Chamber. Today, we're thrilled to welcome our guest host, Mike Fowler. Mike is the director of the World Trade Center Tacoma, a program managed by the Chamber. Michael will be talking with John Tullis, Senior Manager of Business Development at the Northwest Seaport Alliance. The Northwest Seaport Alliance is a crucial marine operating partnership of the ports of Tacoma and Seattle, the first of its kind in North America. This strategic partnership is a perfect example of how we truly are stronger together, presenting a unified and competitive advantage, securing more economic opportunities for Tacoma and the region. The Chamber is proud to have the Northwest Seaport Alliance as a member of our business community. Partnerships like this are the key to success in making the South Sound the most equitable, inclusive, and thriving place to do business. Please enjoy this podcast. Hello, and thank you for joining us. I'm Mike Fowler, Executive Director of the World Trade Center Tacoma, a program managed by the Tacoma Pierce County Chamber. Today I'm here with John Tullis, Senior Manager of Business Development at the Northwest Seaport Alliance. The Northwest Seaport Alliance is a partnership between the ports of Tacoma and Seattle that's been having an important, positive impact on the Puget Sound economy. John's here today to give us some insights on how things are going with the ports since the disruptions caused by COVID, what changes we've been seeing in the supply chain and demand over the past few months, and what trends we should expect as we move forward. John, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you, Mike. Happy to be here. John, what do you do at the Northwest Seaport Alliance? Yeah, uh, well, as you mentioned, I'm Senior Manager of Business Development. Uh, A big portion of my role is basically promoting more cargo through Seattle-Tacoma. In our team, we do that through a variety of methods. Uh, We reach out to a lot of importers and exporters, Um, I also work closely with uh, ocean carriers and other service providers. Uh, We're always um, wanting to be an information resource to the shippers, trying to remove any inefficiencies they have coming through our port, putting them in touch with the right people um, at our port, and uh, generally just being a a resource for them uh, for Seattle-Tacoma. Got it. Very good. Talking about supply chain, I think a lot of people didn't know what supply chain was until COVID disrupted it. Sure. What's happening right now? Yeah, right now, um, I think, you know, unlike uh, the last couple of years, uh, we've really seen a slowdown in cargo volume. Really in the first half of this year, we've seen uh, much lower volume. Total volume through our port is down around 21% through the month of July. And you know, marine terminal utilization across our gateway uh, has been around 50%. They've only been around half full, unlike a couple of years ago when they were bursting at the seams, so to speak. Uh, for that reason, some terminals have kind of taken some measures to cut some costs, which include closing some of their truck gates once a week. So there's been some new challenges that have arisen with operating around the gate closures. But for the most part, operations in the gateway uh, have been very fluid. And that's the case with... Uh, you know, the greater supply chain across the nation compared to where we were during the COVID era. Why? Why has there been a slowdown? Yeah, I think one of the um, 
main reasons for the lower volume this year um, is that many Im importers had a high level of inventory and really needed to draw down that inventory before importing more goods. You know, looking back on the last couple of years, recall in 2021, we had one of the highest years ever for imports. That was during the height of the pandemic. You know, many consumers across the U.S. worked and entertained at home, leading to a surge in consumer goods, consumer good purchases. Items like furniture, electronics, barbecues, trampolines, you name it, um, all saw historic level of imports. But then as we came out of the pandemic and consumers started to travel and entertain outside the home, there was a sudden drop in the need for consumer goods. You know, and many retailers were left with this high levels of inventory, especially throughout 2022. So, so in other words, uh, people were buying like crazy during COVID. And then uh, when COVID was over, uh, I, I think, I think the supply chain was stressed. And, and so retailers kind of overcompensated a little bit. And, and purchased more than they actually ended up using. Is that right? Yeah, that's about right. I think, uh, you know, a lot of retailers were anticipating more purchases, but then with that sudden shift from consumer goods to services, um, entertainment outside the home, as I mentioned, people started going to restaurants, ball games, concerts. Uh, you know, there was a sudden lack of need for those consumer good purchases, and they were left with those high levels of inventory. And, and now I think, are we not in a peak season now for purchases for the holidays? Are we, are, are we approaching a peak? When does that happen? Yeah, that's, uh, that's right. You know, historically, our peak season uh, through our gateway has been August through November, uh, with, with the months September and October really being the, uh, the usual peak months. Uh, you know, for importers, as you mentioned, that's in line with the period uh, in which a lot of holiday-related cargo uh, moves through the gateway. And also for exporters, it's really in line with uh, many commodities fall harvest season. You know, fortunately, we're starting to see some higher volumes this month. Uh, and the outlook and the outlook for the next two months is positive. Yeah. So m many shippers have said they will have a, a modest or muted peak season this year, um, especially given the current consumer sentiment and the impacts inflation has had on spending. However, holidays still occur and they're impacting volume certainly. Um, so while the peak season this year volume wise doesn't look like it'll match historical volume, the next few few months will still be much better than the first half of the year. Got it. So in other words, it's, it's slightly less than last year we expect this year for peak season. Uh, last year we saw a, a, a big drop in volume. I'd say it's, it's, um, we'll have, we'll be better than, uh, last year, oh, it will but be. certainly down from 2021 when we had a surge of imports. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And as far as exports go, we're seeing positive signs that vessel schedule frequency and reliability, something that has been lacking in the last couple of years has also has the potential to unlock more volume. What about, um, I hear over the last few years, the volume of imports coming from Vietnam has in increased dramatically. Uh, tell me about that. Why, why is that? Yeah, we certainly see um, a sourcing shift or diversification from many importers. Uh, you know, diversifying away from China um, to Southeast Asia. Uh, and we've really seen that impact between Vietnam. Uh, in fact, while our total volume last year was down versus 2021, the volume between Vietnam actually increased. So kind of a reflection of that sourcing shift. Tell me about your Sun Chief Express service. Yeah, that's a good call out. Um, you know, we, we hear a lot of positive feedback about 
the services that have the highest reliability and fastest transit time. The Sun Chief Express is exactly one of those services. Uh, it's operated by a partnership between, uh, excuse me, Swire Shipping and UWL. And this service calls Haiphong in North Vietnam and Ho Chi Minh City, and then it sails directly to Seattle. It actually has the fastest transit time from Vietnam to any North American port at around 18 days, and has been on time within a few hours of the pro forma ETA most of the time. Uh, so that gives much needed predictability to shippers, uh, additional capacity uh, between Vietnam as well. Does that mean that there are, there's, let's say you have something in, in um, Hong Kong or, or in Singapore, are these products being consolidated in Ho Chi Minh City before they come directly to Seattle? Is, like, is, is it like a, a Ho Chi Minh City is, is the hub for, for transit coming over? For certainly those um, ocean carriers, you know, Swire Shipping and UWL, they use Ho Chi Minh City as a transshipment port. Transshipment port. Yeah, so it's not necessarily cargo is um, being loaded to containers there. It's actually loaded in their origin ports, and that's for those for that carrier. It's mainly in other Southeast Asia ports, for example, Thailand, Indonesia, Malaysia. They offer feeder service from those ports, which then transit to Ho Chi Minh City and are transshipped to the mainline Sun Chief Express. One, do want to point out there is another service um, operated by the Alliance, which is an operational alliance by the carriers Hapag Lloyd, HMM, ONE, and Yangming. They have a very popular PN2 service, uh, which has direct port calls in Singapore, Liam Chabang, Thailand, uh, Kaimap, and Haiphong in Vietnam. Uh, and then it does call South China before transiting directly to Tacoma. Has very fast transit time, and with those direct port calls, has remained another popular option from Southeast Asia, uh, in particular Vietnam. So there's a lot of options to get product here. Yeah, there certainly is. And I'd be remiss if I don't mention Maersk's TPX service, which calls Seattle. That started calling our gateway late last year and also has a call in Haiphong as well. What is the deal with direct port calls? Are there more uh, of recent to Southeast Asia? Yeah, that's... Uh, the, well, first, a quick note on direct port calls. That is when an ocean carrier calls a port, like, uh, as we mentioned, Ho Chi Minh City or Haiphong, and there is no additional, or there is no transshipment between... When you call a port. When you call a port. What does that a, mean? Yeah, that's, I mean, when you call it, when you when a ship sails and uh, calls a port directly and then transit to Seattle or Tacoma or any other port. I see. So there is no transshipment in between at a subsequent port. That Those are... Um, often favored by shippers because there's uh, less variability that comes with uh, transshipment. Uh, what about uh, landside trends and strengths? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for many years, Seattle-Tacoma was simply known really as an intermodal port, meaning that most of our imports would load directly onto the rail and route to inland markets. So rail, rail connections remain a strength of our port. But we also added another strength in recent years. Uh, that is the flexibility to transload via our port. Transloading, uh, for those that don't know, is the process of moving uh, shipment from one mode of transport to another. For example, moving from an ocean container to a, a truckload or a domestic rail box. Uh, and transload has grown nearly every year uh, in our port for the last 15 years and now comprises a large portion of our volume. Uh, so along with that volume growth, uh, we've seen the rise in many 3PL facilities in our region that can handle that transload among other services. What's 3PL? Three, three, three uh, Third-party logistics. You see a lot of the, in our region, uh, or any area 
um, serving international supply chain, you know, a, uh, what looks like a warehouse, or, but also has a lot of truck parking as well that can service those um, international boxes coming in. They'll uh, transload or cross-dock the cargo to another form of transport, being in like an over-the-road truck trailer or a domestic rail box. Got it. How long does it take from the port of Tacoma to inland ports in the U.S.? What's the maximum time to get to a city in the U.S. from our port? Sure. You know, the a lot of our cargo is destined for the, the U.S. Midwest, uh, places like Chicago, Ohio, Memphis. Um, if you're loading directly onto the rail, that would normally take anywhere from five to seven days, depending on the location. If it's transloading and then loading into an over-the-road truck, you can subtract a couple days from that. So if you're looking for speed or, or cost, um, you know, depending on the factors you're looking at, there's a variety of options. So we can safely say you can get anywhere in a week from Tacoma. I think so. That's perfect. Seattle, Tacoma. Yes. Very good. Well, thank you, John, uh, for being here today. And, and do you have any last thoughts you'd like to leave listeners with? You know, I think although we experienced a lot lower volume uh, last year and through the first half of this year, the outlook for our port is quite positive. We'll start to see a return to historical patterns of import uh, and export really starting from this month onward. Improved voids frequency and schedule reliability, especially from those port calls that we talked about, that will certainly support that volume. So we're eager to handle more cargo and we have a customer service focused team ready to assist any shipper needing more information and resources. Okay, that positive note seems to be a great place to end. Again, John, thank you. We really appreciate your taking the time to fill us in about what's going on at our ports. And that does it for this episode of Making It in the South Sound. Episodes can be found on the Chamber's website, www.tacomachamber.org. Look for the link on the homepage and at the top menu. You can listen to Making It in the South Sound directly on our website or wherever great podcasts are found. Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. We again want to thank Amazon for the generous commitment that makes this series possible. Thank you and listen for future episodes coming soon.